So. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> I know. I've been gone. So, some life updates. Um, a couple things have happened. So, went to Beyonce. It was absolutely amazing. She was two hours late coming on. I don't know why. <laughs> um, that part was a little bit annoying. But, overall, it was a very, very good concert. Um, she was amazing. Oh, Would we expect anything less from Bay? Like, wow. Um, there's a lot of people there. It was, I, I want to think it was sold out, but I will say there was a big difference between that and sold out Taylor Swift because Taylor has side screens on her stage. And so they filled some of those back corner sections and at Beyonce, she didn't have side screens. So those back, those corner sections, they didn't sell seats for that. So it wasn't as full as Taylor, but it was still really good, and I think Carly enjoyed it. She got a little ill because of the bass, but it'll be okay. <laughs> um, right after that, came home Sunday morning. Um, got home Sunday afternoon and had to unpack my duffel bag and repack it for Central Kid, and then went to church, did the kids' class, and then came home, finished packing, and got up the next morning, worked for a couple hours, and then went off to Center Kid. And it was a blast. We had so much fun. Um, like, it, so Cassidy and I went as kids, and so getting to go as adult leaders was, like, amazing. Um, nothing's changed, but yet everything's changed, if that makes sense. Like, it feels like it's the exact same, but things have obviously changed. We did see one of the other adult leaders that was there was a staffer when we were kids. And he was a staffer for a few years and like all of us girls as kids had a crush on him. And so then we were there and Cassidy goes, oh my gosh, Carmen, look. And he was there as an adult leader with his church and we were just like, oh my gosh. He's substantially older than us, but he was like 20 something when we were in the fourth grade. So too old plus he's married and has two kids <laughs> but it was cool to kind of like what a blast like I texted one of our other friends and it was she said what a blast from the past like that's the truth of it um but we had a great time came home Friday and then Saturday I was really upset because I realized that hey I have to make my own meals today because all the meals were provided at camp and so the fact that I had to make my own lunch was rather annoying um but had a great time there. And I have now joined a second book club. <laughs> so I'm in two book clubs now. They both meet monthly. This new one, she's not decided whether we want to do it monthly or bi-monthly. So we'll see. Um, but I've joined that. Um, hey, howdy ho, Ranger Joe. It is World Cup time, folks. We have kicked it off with a bang. USA has beat Vietnam. And we play the Netherlands tomorrow. I'm so nervous. Because the Netherlands is who we played in the final of the last World Cup. And it, they're, they're pretty good. So I'm very, very nervous for tomorrow's game. Um, but yeah, Team USA all the way. Uh, always Team Julie Ertz. Love her. Um, always Team Alex Morgan. Sophia Smith is killing it. Everyone's doing great. I'm really sad that Becky's not playing. 
but Julie has moved into her position. What happened so. to Becky? Becky Sauerbrunn, she plays um, back center D, and she um, had some sort of foot injury. So she's out. Like, she's not playing at all in the cup. Yay. So Julie is playing her spot. Julie used to play defense all the time. She used to play sweeper a lot. Um, so she's back in that position, which is nice. Um, I'm just glad she's playing. I wish she was at midfield, but I get it. Um, but we have a lot of defense, so she might end up coming up to midfield at some point. Um, so, but the new girls are doing great. Full confidence, I think. I think we got it. Here's hoping. Um, but I also wouldn't mind to see, like, an underdog team take the win because there's a lot of teams that are, they have more teams playing this year than they've ever had playing. And a lot of them, like, over half of them have never won a World Cup ever. Like, that country has never won a World Cup. So I'm kind of like, I would like to see an underdog take it. Um, but they've also upped the prize winning. So it used to be 33, something like that, million. Now it's 110. So they've upped that, which is nice. Um, but yeah, they're all killing it. And I'm excited to see what else happens. Um, and also, all you listeners... Um, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be Wednesday, and tomorrow will be Hallie's birthday! Yeah! Hallie's birthday is this Saturday. That just literally hit me today. I was like, oh my gosh, Thursday's my birthday. I will be 19 years old last year being a teenager. (laughs) I don't like that. I don't either, trust me. I really don't like that. I was there when you were born. (laughs) That makes me sad, Hallie. <laughs> oh, no. You can cry Thursday. <laughs> sad day. Um, but, yeah, everybody wish Hallie a happy birthday. Um, and that's all the life updates I had. Hallie? Not as much of an eventful week as Carmen had. Oh, a lot going on. Um, we went, well, last Thursday. What day was that? It was July 20th. Anyways. July 20th, I went back to Nashville for another hip appointment. Nothing new. <laughs> um, it went good. Uh, we went into we went into a Books A Million in Mount Juliet to kill some time. And it wasn't the greatest thing ever. It was not a lot of stuff that caught my attention. So we went back into Parnassus Books. And I got one book. I walked out of there with one book. Proud of myself. Uh, see, and that's why I really like independent bookstores more, because I feel like everybody, not that I want it to go away, please do not go away, Barnes & Noble, but Barnes & Noble tends to be where everybody flocks to, and so they're always out of things, whereas, and they usually, they have every book, whereas, like, independent bookstores these days are starting to gear more towards our age and what we like to read, and they tend to have more options. yeah. This little bookstore, it's kind of in, like, a weird spot. Like, it's literally, it's 15 minutes away from where the doctor's building is. And it's, like, very nice. It's, like, it's got a ladder that goes across the shelves. You can't get on it. It's employees only. Um, So I can't live out my bell dreams. But it was really cool. They had, like, it was really, really well set up they even had like little like it was like a teeny tiny little table and like towards the back of the store that was just that was sarah j moss thrown of glass books and um but yeah it's such a cute little bookstore got merch 
Um, and I got Dragonfall by L.R. Lamb. So, ah, I'm all about dragons. Send me up. And so, we ate at Whataburger that day since... Carly and I went on the way home from Beyonce. I got Zaxby's. And I was a little <laughs> underwhelmed. I got Zaxby's. Gotta Zax- be honest. I didn't want... Wa- I got Zaxby's. I decided to be the... I decided to be the oddball. Well, I've <laughs> always wanted to try it because it's one of those... It's like In-N-Out Burger or Shake Shack like everybody knows... But we got it. I didn't realize the burgers were that big. They are huge. Dear goodness. Those were large and in charge. But I was very underwhelmed. I feel like uh, Steak and Shake or Freddy's, I feel like their burgers are better. So I was like, it was good. It was 12 bucks for a burger and fries and a large sweet tea. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't bad. But anyways. Oh, uh, another place. So when they were gone to the Beyonce concert... My dad and mom and I decided to pack up and go to Atlanta to go to the Georgia Aquarium. I've not been there since I was like a wee lass. <laughs> it was very little. And it is, I don't remember a lot, but it has definitely changed. And it was so cool. The little me that wanted to be a marine biologist for years was in her happy place looking at dolphins, otters, and oh gosh, whale sharks. That was, that was amazing. Like, there's this huge tank in there. I think it's got, like, 3.6 million gallons of water. It, and it had, like, whale sharks, manta rays. It was, I could have sat in that room all day and, like, not went and looked at anything else. It was super cool. I got two sweatshirts. No surprise. (laughs) One that's got, like, a, it's got, like, an embroidered beluga whale on it and then the other one's got an embroidered whale shark on it but yeah it was really cool uh i definitely want to go back that when it's less crowded it was it is very crowded well and speaking of buying merch and not being surprised about what we bought are we surprised that i went to h&m and bought a harvard sweatshirt an oxford sweatshirt and a london t-shirt are we shocked no no yeah where what I take it we'll go to the mall when we go to Jonas yep. Brothers. I'm going to go back to H&M and see if they have any more graphic tees. See, I have a, I I have a love-hate H&M. relationship with H&M. Because, because the one in Knoxville, we went into it in the mall, and we were just looking around, and I saw literally nothing. But the one, but we went to the one in Opry Mills, and I saw lots of stuff. Well, the one in the mall has a lot more of, like, business. Great for me to wear to work. Yeah. Um, the one in Opry Mills has a lot more, like, graphic tees and wearing it out on the weekend kind of vibe. Um, their jean selection's a lot bigger, too. Mm Mm-hmm. See, the The one one in the mall's not got that big See, the one in the mall, it's, like, very, like, stuff, very, like, business, casual, business chic, very stuff that you can wear to work and not get in trouble for. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. We gotta go in, we gotta go to the mall tomorrow anyways. My number one pet peeve, though, is that I can never find work pants in a store because I have to have the long, because I have tall or I have long legs, and buying pants in store is a nightmare for me. You I can never them. find them in the like the length that I need, and that's not just H and M. That's literally any store you can think of. I have never ever found a pair of pants in a store. I feel like that. You- I could wear home. If you're a tall, per- if you're a tall person, or, or if you like have like a long torso or long legs, 
finding stuff in stores is like a nightmare. You have to shop online because that's the only way they sell it. Mm-hmm. Like I think, oh gosh, who was it? I have a long flare leggings. Long I don't know if it was flare leggings or if it was something else, but they had to buy it online because they didn't have it in stores. But yeah, it's a nightmare. They sell pati- buy these. They sell petite stuff in stores, but they don't sell tall stuff. Like what the heck? <laughs> the mask not mapping. They've started to, but they're so hard to find. And if you find a tall, it's probably not in my size. Like that's the thing. Yeah, it's so annoying. Um, but yeah, uh. I can't think of anything else that I did. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction. Ooh, with Hallie. And Carmen. Would you like to introduce today's video? And oh, t- currently reading. Well, anyways, before we get into today's topic of discussion, which I'm very excited for, it's very creative. Well, not really creative. I'm sure people have It's on it. theme. It's on theme. Anyways... Um, before we get into what our topic is, we're going to do our currently reading. So my current read is A Queen Comes Into Power by Chloe C. Pinaranda. It's the second book in an Air Comes to Rise series. Side note, speaking of books, I found a hidden gem and I finally have it in my possession. I finally got Fourth Wing. <laughs> I'm gonna order it soon. After months of trying to find it. I think I it's finally all finally coming back in stock because the second yes. one's about to come on. Because I literally, I literally walked into Books A Million and there was like a table at the front that had fourth wing on it. I said, wow, it's so cool to see this in stores. <sighs> trying to find it was like trying to, it's, it was like, where's Waldo? You, can't, you I can't. really want the edition though that has the black pages. Good luck finding that. Mm. Anyways, uh, back to track. It's Anyways, A Queen Comes Into Power is the second book in an Air Comes to Rise series. It's very good so far. What are you reading? Um, I'm still reading Haunting Adeline by H.G. Carlton because I went to camp and there's no room to read. So I haven't read much. Um, I just really haven't had time. So going to finish that up, though, because I have a beta read that I'm reading that needs to be done by the 5th. So I need to finish Haunting Adeline so I could read the beta read. So, all that will happen be happening very soon. Alright. Now. Would you like to introduce today's episode? So, today's topic, very on theme with what's currently going on. And um, what we end up going off on rants on in about every episode. Exactly. So, today's episode is going to be all about book recommendations based on Taylor Swift eras. Yes. We're calling it Book Recommendations. Taylor's version. We should have worn our Taylor Swift merch. Honestly, I thought about it. I almost put on my sweatshirt, but this one was the one I was already wearing, so <laughs> here we are. No point in changing. Um, but yeah, literally, funny story. So we were trying to currently come up with an idea, episode I idea. I it last night. I was like, We didn't, why? so we're very last minute and come up with ideas last minute. And so I texted her. Typically, like, the day before. Te- so I texted her. I was like, do you have any idea what we're doing? And she goes, no to you. I was like, I'll think about it. Never did. Um, and then finally she texted me, and I was like, that's such a good idea. Well, because I was posting. So I have I have posted videos to my TikTok, and I've been reposting them to my Instagram that are, like, book recommendations I have based off of, like, a, a Taylor Swift era. And I was looking at one of them last night, and I'm like, why don't we do that on the podcast? So that's what we're doing. So we're going to go era by era. Um, and we're going based on 
like when they came out originally yes i understand they the taylor's versions are more important but i want to go in timeline order of the songs being written and the albums being written so mm-hmm. starting with debut and ending with midnights yes um so um for each era we're going to give kind of a little bit about what that, like, era's aesthetic is and kind of what you can look for in a book based off that era. And then we're, we each have an example of a book that would fit that era. And I... Did you write down the specific songs? Yes. Okay. And then we have songs that specifically, like, this song feels like that's what this book is about. So, um, yes, a book... Each of us will give a book for whatever era we're discussing and what songs we think fit that, um, as well as the summaries of the books so you guys can kind of get, like, some background information on the books if you don't already know what they're about. So, starting with the debut album. The hardest one for me because, I'm sorry, I don't listen to debut as much as I should because I'm not that much of a country fan. Taylor Swift is the only country I listen to. At church camp, somebody actually asked, who here is a fan of country music? And Cassidy and I looked straight at each other and at the same time said, does Fearless count? So, there we go. Um, So the debut album is very youthful. It's country, very small town, first loves, that kind of vibe. Um, To me, this era felt very, very, like... Scholastic book fair young adult. Like, very, like, scholastic book fair contemporary romances that you would pick up. Right. Um, that we don't read anymore. So, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You can go first. <laughs> okay. So, I actually ended up putting two books down for this, because one of the books I have in two different eras, and I was okay. like, it works for both eras. Mm-hmm. So, the first book I have is Keeping the Moon by Sarah Dessen. Um, So, 15-year-old Coley has never fit in. First, it was because she was fat. Then, after she lost the weight, it was because of a reputation that she didn't deserve. So, when she sent to stay with her eccentric Aunt Mira for the summer, Coley doesn't expect too much. After all, why would anybody in Colby, North Carolina, want to bother with her when no one back home does? But Colby turns out to be a nice surprise for Coley. Almost without trying, she lands herself a job at the Last Chance Bar and Grill. There she meets fellow waitresses Morgan and Isabel, two best friends who teach her what friendship is all about and help her to learn and appreciate who she really is. So this book, the specific songs that really gave me like this vibe was A Place in This World and Outside. Both of those books are very much about being on the outside and looking in and, you know, just trying to find, like, the the, the word, the, the titles of the songs literally describe it. On the outside looking in and her just trying to find her place in this world. Like, perfect descriptions. Um, the other book I have is The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Han. Okay, I kind of agree with that. Yes. So I have, um... When each summer begins, Belly leaves her school life behind and escapes to Cousins Beach, the place she has spent every summer of her life. Not only does the beach house mean home away from home, but her favorite people are there. 
Susanna, her mother's best friend, and her sons, Conrad and Jeremiah. Belly has been chasing Conrad for as long as she can remember, and more than anything, she hopes this summer will be different. Despite distractions from a new guy named Cam and lingering looks from Conrad's brother, Jeremiah, Belly's heart belongs to Conrad. Will he offer his to her? Will this be the summer that changes everything? So, specifically, I have this book in two different eras. This is one of them. Um, specifically for this song, obviously, Teardrops on My Guitar. Obviously, Mary's Song, which is all about, like, Mary's Song is all about these people that their parents said that, oh, they're going to end up getting married one day because they were best friends when they were kids. And Susanna explicitly says, like, she always thought that Belly would end up marrying one of her boys. Um, and then our song, you know, the angsty teen song, um, I'm only me when I'm with you, and then a place in this world again, and stay beautiful and invisible. Mm -hmm. All these are about chasing down a guy that doesn't really see you, but you're in love with him. First loves and all that. So it felt very much appropriate for this era. Callie, what is your debut books? <laughs> so this one was very hard for me. Now, when I... Re- so I actually chose Seraphina the Black Cloak by Robert Beatty. Now, the description of the book may not sound like it belongs in this era, but just give me a minute. So it says, A brave and unusual girl named Seraphina lives secretly in the basement of the Grand Biltmore Estate amidst the splendor of the Gilded Age. Seraphina's pa, the estate's maintenance man, has warned her to keep herself hidden from the fancy folk who live on the floors above, but when children at the estate start disappearing, Seraphina and her friend Brayden Vanderbilt must work together to solve a dark and dangerous mystery. That sounds like it belongs in a different era, but trust me. Um, it very much, like, it's very much in the country, because it takes place, like, near Biltmore and in the Smoky Mountains, and they talk like we do. And... It basically is just about Serafina. She's very much different from everybody else. She's kind of an outcast. She's unusual. And she's always tried to, like, find her spot in the world where she fits. So I chose a place in this... A place in this world. A place in the world. Cause, because it says, I'm alone on my own, and that's all I know. I'll be strong, I'll be wrong. Oh, but life goes on. Oh, I'm just a girl trying to find a place in this world. Yep. Literally what she does. Yep, I had that one for about a mine as well. Literally, I was looking through lyrics. I was like... I know. <laughs> the lyric searching I did today was incredible. It's like, you can, it's like doing research for a research paper. Yes. Okay. All right. Fearless. Yes. The next era is Fearless. So, to me, this era feels like falling in love, romance, um, some more country. Uh, feels like dancing in the rain. Obviously, Fearless. Um, and just finding better. So, you're finding, like, better romance interests, better, a better life. Um, you're finding, like, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, would you like to go first with yours? Sure. So, mine is actually The Six Olympians by Maria Alarcon. Um, this book is filled with romance. My gosh. Even though it's, like, Greek mythology inspired. Um, basically, it's all about, it's kind of like a what-if scenario about, like, what, we all know the story of how Kronos swallowed his kids 
because he was fe- he was afraid they'd overthrow him. But instead, in the book, instead of swallowing them, he actually banishes them to Earth with no memories. And basically, when their powers start to show up once they turn a certain age, they basically are finding out about their past, and it's going to eventually turn into one big battle. For this one, I don't know why I wrote this in yellow, because you literally can't see that. Yikes. Okay. Um, so the song I chose for them was, it, I had two specific couples in mind. I had Harry and Aubrey and Zach and Haley. Um, they're very much giving me like love story vibes because they're both, both couples are like kind of like opposites of each other. The two people in the couple are opposites. Harry is like on his own, isolated, lonely, and Aubrey is very much like Juliet. She's girly. And so it's basically them trying to find romance that is, that fits right because Actually, Aubrey is dating another guy in this book, and he, you know, he's a piece of garbage. (laughs) And she eventually gets away from him, and eventually winds up with Harry, finding the perfect one. So it's, like, very much fearless vibes. (laughs) Okay, so for mine... I'm really interested. Stay with me, okay? Okay. So I chose A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. So oh, I'm intrigued. A Court of Mist and Fury is the sequel to A Court of Thorns and Roses. So I'm going to give you the description of A Court of Thorns and Roses because... No spoilers. Yes. Okay. So, A Court of Thorns and Roses. When 19-year-old Huntress Feyre kills a wolf in the woods, a terrifying creature arrives to demand retribution. Dragged to a treacherous, magical land she knows about only from legends, Feyre discovers that her captor is not truly a beast, but one of the lethal mortal fairies who once ruled her world. At least he's not a beast all the time. As she adapts to her new home, her feelings for the fairy Tamlin transform into icy hostility from icy hostility into a fiery passion that burns through every lie she's been told about the beautiful, dangerous world of the Fae. But something is not right in the Fairylands. An ancient, wicked shadow is growing, and Feyre must find a way to stop it or doom Tamlin in his world forever. So I really, like I, I feel like I have a song in my head for which... Oh, I have several. Okay, so specifically, again, I'm talking about A Court of Mist and Fury. This is the sequel to A Court of Thrones Roses. Really, there's going to be some spoilers in this, okay, because I have to explain why I chose the songs. Really, I wanted to give you the plot of the first one just because that way you have the whole information. If somebody's not read the series, they're going to be very confused by me giving the plot of the second book because they're going to be like, who are these people? Okay, so some tiny spoilers. If you don't want these spoilers and you haven't read A Court of Mist and Fury and you haven't read uh, the first one, Court of Thorns and Roses, almost a Throne of Glass. <laughs> um, then skip ahead a little bit. So I have Love Story mm-hmm. because of recent. Yes. Then I have The Way I Loved You, which says um, basically about how this guy, you know, he's great. He's wonderful. He's super kind. He opens my door for me. But I'm screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. And it's 3 a.m. and I'm cursing your name. And I'm like... The beginnings of Feyre and Raysand was very much that vibe. Yes. Um, then I have Today Was a Fairy Tale, and that made me think of the uh, Starfall. 
Yes. Okay. And then I have Mr. Perfectly Fine. That's what I was thinking. I was literally like, I was like, please tell me she has Mr. Perfectly Fine on there because that fits so well. I have Mr. Perfectly Fine for Damlin. Goodbye, Mr. Perfectly Fine. And then I have Fearless because I feel like. Feyre is Fearless. I feel like the song Fearless is like how Feyre feels when she's in Valaris. Yes. You so. know what I also have for Feyre in recent? It's a different, completely different era, but. We'll talk about when we go there. So, um, yes, I felt like all those really fit like that whole book because I wanted to do Thorns and Roses, but I was like, this fits Agamath so well because the way I loved you to me feels like the beginnings of Fair and Recent when she's struggling with whether she should be with Tamlin or Recent. Mm-hmm. And then, yes. Mr. Perfectly Fine was written for Tamlin. I was literally listening to Mr. Perfectly Fine. R.I.P. Joe. Yeah. (laughs) R.I.P. to Joe. Okay. Next. Next we have the newest release, which is Speak Now. So, this one is not really... I have first heartbreaks, but it's... I mean, I guess you could say there was heartbreaks in Fearless and Debut, but this is the, like, first, like real. I'm having a meltdown in my room. Heartbreak. There's a heartbreak um, in every single one of hers. <laughs> this album to me feels like first heartbreaks, feels like regrets, and epic loves. It's not just like your high school sweetheart. Like, this is, I'm in love with you. Mm-hmm. You've broken my heart. Um, Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So... Stay with me on this one, please. Um, so, for Speak Now, I put Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. But basically, the whole Percy Jackson series as a whole. Because with Speak Now, you do have your epic loves. And let me tell you right now. Percy and Annabeth. Perfect epic love. Anyways. Um, so, I'm going to read it. Percy Jackson is a good kid, but he can't seem to focus on his schoolwork or control his temper. And lately, being away at boarding school is only getting worse. Percy could have sworn his pre-algebra teacher turned into a monster and tried to kill him. When Percy's mom finds out, she knows it's time that he knew the truth about where he came from and that he should go to one of the go to the one place he'll be safe. She sends Percy to Camp Half-Blood, a summer camp for demigods on Long Island, where he learns that the father he never knew is Poseidon, god of the sea. Soon a mystery unfolds, and together with his friends... One a satyr and the other the demigod daughter of Athena, Percy sets out on a quest across the United States to reach the gates of the underworld, located in a recording studio in Hollywood, (laughs) and prevent a catastrophic war between the gods. So the reason I put Percy Jackson with Speak Now is because of the song Long Live. So, and basically because of the one line that a lot of people associate with Percy Jackson because for a moment a band of thieves in ripped up jeans got to rule the world. Touche, touche. And I also kind of feel like with with mine as well, with the line, like I feel like it's Percy saying it to Annabeth, she is the best thing that's ever been mine. And you gotta love Enchanted. (laughs) Oh, heavens. But yeah, I just feel like it's... It's got, like, the very youthful energy, rebellious kids. 
Yeah. In ripped up jeans and shorts. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to put that in an era, I would put it in Sweet Now, yeah. Yeah. So, my recommendation for this is that repeat I was talking about. So, I feel like most people would probably put The Summer I Turned Pretty in Fearless. But I, while I agree it fits with Fearless, I think it fits better with Debut and Speak Now specifically. It fits great with Speak Now. Not only because a lot of the songs have now been in the show, but, um, so The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Hahn, um, obviously Ours feels very, very The Summer I Turned Pretty. Um, Foolish One, so this is all about falling in love with somebody and them not falling back in love with you. And this book is so perfect for that. Um, Back to December. (laughs) Back to December specifically for the second book, but it applies Mm -hmm. for the first one as well. The second book is truly, like, back to December. Like, bruh. Now that I've Um, read it, it makes a lot more sense. Also, I have a little tangent. Like, just a tiny tangent. Okay. Why did we waste the scene? There's a scene in season two where these characters are on a beach and it's snowing. Somebody please explain to me why snow on the beach was not playing during that scene. <gasps> Wasted We've potential. played Taylor Swift song upon Taylor Swift song, but we did not play snow on the beach. I don't get of, it. Speaking of snow on the beach, I listened to the one that has more of Lana Featuring Del Rey. more Lana Del I love that version way more oh, than yeah, the first I version. Love Lana. Um, but I'm backwards with karma. <laughs> so back to December, mm-hmm. mine. <gasps> yes. And then I did also put Long Live specifically because of the line, like basically saying, "If we don't work out, you have kids someday." When they point to the pictures, please, t- please tell them my name. That line makes me cry. And I'm like, bruh. Um, I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all about like. What you're, like, you know he likes you, but he won't admit it. And I'm like, hello. Um, Superman. I watch Superman fly away. It's about a boy getting away. Um, Last Kiss. It was also played in season two, which is just so fitting. Um, Sparks Fly. Ugh. And Haunted. Haunted. Most of these songs specifically... I blast Haunted in my so car. So, these song, Like, this era more so specifically fits It's Not Summer Without You. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, Haunted is It's Not Summer Without come You. Come on, come on. Don't leave me like this. Yes. I thought I had you figured out. Yes. Bruh. It's rough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... My heart fracturing. That was what that sound was. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I felt like Speak Now really fits the Summer I Turn Pretty. More so specifically, It's Not Summer Without You. So, technically, I guess it's two different books. Season 2 is... It's Not Summer Without Debut You. Debut fits... It's, fits it's the Summer one. I Turn Pretty. It fits book one. Speak Now fits book It's two. Not Summer Without You. Yeah. Book 2 is very, very speech Traumatizing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... Conrad is very Taylor Swift coded. That boy really is, is the exact lyrics Are of "This sure? Is Me Trying." Are we sure he doesn't listen to? T- Are we Swift? sure that Taylor Swift didn't write his lines? Because <laughs> he said some stuff in season two already that I'm like, boy, Taylor, if you're listening, please confirm this. <laughs> but Conrad is 
literally the lyrics of This Is Me Trying. I love it. Anyways. Um, next era we have is Red. So this era is like obviously heartbreak, um, betrayal, toxic love, breaking like up, and moving on from a... I feel like we have the same one. Moving on from a relationship. Do we want do who wants to go first? Let's just say it at the same time. Okay, ready? One, One, two, two, three. three. It It ends ends with with us. us. (laughs) Okay. Yes. All right. Do you want me to read the description of it? Yeah, and then I'll tell the song that I put. Which I'm sure is the same one. Um, it ends with us. Lily hasn't always had it easy, but that's never stopped her from working hard for the life she wants. She's come a long way from the small town where she grew up. She graduated from college and moved to Boston and started her own business. And when she fills a spark with a gorgeous neurosurgeon named Ryle Kincaid, everything in Lily's life seems too good to be true. Ryle is assertive, stubborn, maybe even a little arrogant. He's also sensitive, brilliant, and has a total soft spot for Lily. And the way he looks in scrubs certainly doesn't hurt. Lily can't get him out of her head, but Ryle's complete aversion to relationships is disturbing. Even as Lily finds herself becoming the exception to his no-dating rule, she can't help but wonder what made him that way in the first place. As questions about her new relationship overwhelm her, so do thoughts of Atlas Corrigan, her first love and a link to the past she left behind. He was her kindred spirit, her protector, when Atlas suddenly reappears, everything Lily has built with Ryle is threatened. Da, 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 da. That's it. All right, S- you give your songs first. So the song that I have, <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have the same one. Is but... is all too well oh, 100%. ten minute version. May I one hundred percent. So the literal the one that I have, very much toxic love, emotionally manipulating. Manipulativing, you know, new words. A very abusive, and basically it ends with heartbreak, but it also winds up with Lily finding herself. And I put, um, I did a whole paragraph here for the lyrics. It, I did, time won't fly, it's like I'm paralyzed by it. I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it. After plaid shirt days and nights when you made me your own. And then, walk home alone, and keep my own scar from that very first week, cause it reminds you of innocence, and it smells like me, you can't get rid of it, cause you remember it all too well. Let us note that I didn't even look at what Hallie had written down, I just, like, I've listened to this song on repeat. Was that your entire paragraph? Yeah, pretty much. <gasps> yeah. That whole song is literally Lillian Ryle summed up oh, in a is. song. It's like, wow. The Red Album is just, let's see. I have extra to add to it. Okay. So I also have State of Grace. <gasps> Which version? Regular version or acoustic? They're both the same okay, lyric. I know, but still. Um, <laughs> but this is a worthwhile fight. Is basically like she's trying to convince thing. herself that mm-hmm. this is okay. Good and right. Yes. Um, also, red because I, when she's in love with him, like it's great. Like oh, yeah, she's no. convinced herself. 
And then I knew you were trouble. I, that's what I was fixing to say. And the last one, we are never getting back together. I remember when we broke up. <laughs> I remember when we broke up the first time. Saying this is it, I've had enough. Because I haven't seen each other in a month when you said you needed space. What? <laughs> then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm going to change. Trust me. Remember how that lasted for a day? I say, I hate you. We break up. You call me. I love you. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> we need to do a whole Taylor Swift concert. Honestly. Um, I can re-perform the Eras tour. Yeah. <laughs> I just need you to stand behind me with a blanket so I can... And I can go just not home. Well, I need, like, the intro. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, but it's you and me. That's my whole world. The whisper in the hallway, she's a bad, bad girl. Okay. <laughs> okay. Continue. Okay. Do you have anything else for Red? No. Anything bad? Okay. Next. Um, 1989. Oh, gosh. This is the era of party um this is the party era adventures relationship struggles intense love adventures and to me forbidden love give yours <laughs> okay so this one may be like incredibly obvious but i chose after by anna todd Mm-hmm. Because it is technically a Harry Styles fanfic, and we all know that 1989 <laughs> was written by Harry Styles, so... Did you see that he's going on a break? Yeah, he cried at his last I know. show. I was like, man, I wish I was there. Um, so, After by Anna Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, Tessa is a good girl with a sweet, reliable boyfriend back home. She's got direction, ambition, and a mother who's intent on keeping her that way. But she's barely moved into her freshman dorm when she runs into Harden. With his tussled brown hair, cocky British accent, and tattoos, Harden is cute and different from what she's used to. But he's also rude, to the point of cruelty even. For all his attitude, Tessa should hate Harden. And she does, until she finds herself alone with him in his room. Something about his dark mood grabs her, and when they kiss, it ignites with her a within her a passion she's never known before. He'll call her beautiful, then insist he isn't the one for her, and disappear again and again. Despite the reckless way he treats her, Tessa is compelled to dig deeper and find the real Harden beneath all his lies. He pushes her away again and again, yet every time she pushes back, he only pulls her in deeper. Tessa already has the perfect boyfriend, so why is she trying so hard to overcome her own hurt, pride, and Harden's prejudice about nice girls like her? Unless, could this be love? Ba -ba so, for this book, I have bad blood. Um, specifically because of the end of the book, if you know, you know. Um... Out of the woods, because that is about, like, struggling through the relationship, and believe me, that's all they do. Um, all you had to do was stay, and that's like saying you should have fought for our relationship, basically. Harden, please. Um, I wish you would. I wish mm -hmm. you would come back. Literally Harden. Um, this love. Obviously style. I mean, hair slick back, but... It, it's, yeah. Um, Wildest Dreams. Uh, and Blank Space. The entire 
1989 album basically describes the plot of After, so take your pick. Mm-hmm. All right, Hallie. Next. So mine may be a little strange, and I actually got it from your TikTok because I stalked your TikTok. Oh, okay. Um, I actually put Mortal Insurance, City of Bones <gasps> by, uh, by Cassandra Clare. It's very, yeah. Jace Wyland is... <laughs> it's very yes. 1989 coded. Yes. Um, Alright, so... I love him. <laughs> when 15-year-old Clary Frey heads out to the Pandemonium Club in New York City... Parties. She hardly expects to witness a murder, much less a murder committed by three teenagers covered with strange tattoos and brandishing bizarre weapons. Then the body disappears into thin air. It's hard to call the police when the murderers are invisible to everyone else and when there is nothing, not even a smear of blood, to show that a boy has died. Dun-dun-dun. Or was he a boy? You should have done it then. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> this is Clary's first meeting with the Shadowhunters, warriors dedicated to ridding the earth of demons. It's also her first encounter with Jace. Dun-dun-dun. A Shadowhunter who looks a little like an angel and acts a lot like a jerk. Dun-dun-dun. Within 24 hours, Clary is pulled into Jace's world with a vengeance when her mother disappears and Clary herself is attacked by a demon. But why would demons be interested in ordinary mundanes like Clary and her mother? And how did Clary suddenly get the sight? The shadow hunters would like to know. Insert the law and order sound here. Ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> um, these two are very style coded. <sighs> Because of, you got that long hair, slicked back, white t-shirt, and I got that good girl faith in a tight little skirt. <laughs> and when we go crashing down, we come back every time. <sighs> Literally. That is very 1989 coded. The more I thought about it, I was like, very parties. Magnus himself is a party. Ah, I love him. <laughs> um, Just very, like, going on adventures and... They're kind of also kind of out of the woods because they're very much. <laughs> well, yeah. Back and forth. they are out of the woods after the end of book one. Hello. <laughs> are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods? And then Please you could me. technically put bad blood with Valentine. Now we got problems. You could do secure security version. Really, so out of the woods, change it. Are we really related? Are we really related? Are we really related? <laughs> oh gosh. And you could do, you could technically do bad blood security version with Valentine. <laughs> She's fine. She wasn't do doing anything. anything. Hey, stop. Hey, hey stop. Now we okay. got problems. Right. I love how everybody's memorized that. She better point. put that on a 1989 <laughs> version. From the vault. I want the security guard edition. Air, no, bad blood Eris Tour version. Security version. That Rage better, version. If she comes out with a live album, that better be on there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next is Hallie's favorite era. This is this is my era. Repu- big reputation. Big reputation. <laughs> so obviously this reputation is about revenge and moody. It's very moody. Um healthy relationship, which feels like it should be the opposite, but <laughs> um absolutely no cares. Um and just being in love. Yes. So, for Reputation, I, there were a ton of, there's a ton of books that I could put with Reputation, but the one I'm going to go with is Furyborn by Claire Legrand. We're going to switch it up. I feel like the most basic answer would be Throne of Glass. (laughs) I almost put it, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I have a different book. So, 
Uh, let me scroll to my summary. Okay. When assassins ambush her best friend, Riel Darden risks everything to save him, exposing herself as one of a pair of prophesized queens, a queen of light and one of blood. To prove she is the Sun Queen, Riel must endure seven elemental magic trials. If she fails, she will be executed as the Blood Queen, unless the trials kill the Queen first. One thousand years later, the legend of Queen Riel is a fairy tale to Eliana Farakora, a bounty hunter for the Undying Empire. Eliana believes herself untouchable until her mother vanishes. To find her, Eliana joins a rebel captain and discovers that the evil at the Empire's heart is more terrible than she ever imagined. As Riel and Eliana fight in a cosmic war that spans millennia, their stories intersect and the shocking connections between them ultimately determine the fate of their world and of each other. So with this trilogy, you very much get morally gray women, which we love. So, um... That is a good way to describe this era. Morally gray. Very much morally gray. So, I have a couple of songs for this. So I actually put, I did something bad, which is one of my favorite songs. Uh, look what, look what you made me do. Iconic. This is why we can't have nice things. You're burning all the witches even if you aren't one. That one is very real coded. I did something bad because of this line. They say I did something bad, then why does it feel so good? And then look what you made me do is, ooh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. And then, um. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. And then, the world goes on another day, another drama, drama, but, <laughs> I blanked. The world goes on another day, another drama, drama, but not for me, not for me. All I think about is karma. I have to sing it. On, but one thing's for sure. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I got, got mine, but you'll all get yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to sing it. If you I, say it to me, I'm not going to get it. I have to be yeah, like, okay, let's yeah. sing it. Um, but yeah, very much like entering your villain era. You're Amen. entering I don't give two craps era. and um, No qualms. Oh, gosh. And then, ooh, another song that I actually have is Don't Blame Me for... Don't blame me, love. I would say for real. Don't blame me. Love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you Because <laughs> if you read the books, you know why I say that. Um, but yeah, that one is very much like reputation. <laughs> like just very reputation coded. Hold on. <laughs> and I'm technically going to put king of my heart for me because Simon is the king of my heart. <laughs> I love that song. And, um... That was the song we were listening to when we pulled into the stadium. Fun and then, fact. I would put Dancing With Our Hands Tied for Eliana and Dancing Simon, because they start out as enemies to lovers. Inside. If you can't tell, I love Reputation. I will never forget when Look What You Made Me Do came out. I, pff, everybody turned on their heads. <gasps> I'm sorry. The old Taylor can't oh. come to the phone right now. Why? Why? Oh. Go. Because she's, she's dead. dead. Uh. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Okay. The um, reason I said as my hip snapped. <laughs> so mine, you were close with Sarah J. Moss. I picked House of Earth and Blood, which is Ooh. the first Crescent City. Why did I think you would have put Realm of Shadows and Flame? I almost did, but this 
fits so many songs. I had it in there, but this one fits so many. So, um, Bryce Quinlan had the perfect life, working hard all day and partying all night until a demon murdered her closest friends, leaving her bereft, wounded, and alone. When the accused is behind bars, but the crimes start up again, Bryce finds herself at the heart of the investigation. She'll do whatever it takes to avenge their deaths. Hunt Athlar is a notorious fallen angel, now enslaved to the archangels he once attempted to overthrow. His brutal skills and incredible strength have been set to one purpose have been set to one purpose to assassinate his boss's enemies, no questions asked. With a demon wreaking havoc in the city, he's offered an irresistible deal. Help Bryce find the murderer and his freedom will be within reach. As Bryce and Hunt dig deep into Crescent City's underbelly, they discover a dark power that threatens everything and everyone they hold dear. And they find, in each other, a blazing passion, one that could set them both free, if they'd only let it. So, the reason I chose Reputation for this one is because of Delicate. Yes. Endgame. Mm-hmm. King of My Heart. <laughs> Don't Blame Me. Yes. Obviously Dress, because she's very, like... She flirty. Mm -hmm. um, I did something bad. Ready for it. And look what you made me do. Yeah. The entire Reputation album is House of Earth and Blood. It is Bryce and Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have Realm of Shadows and Flame by Bia Tally down, but this book fit more of those songs than Realm of Shadows and Flame did. Oh, yeah. Realm of Shadows and Flame really mainly fit, like... Look what you made me do. Ready for it. I did something bad. It fit like the like the hardcore songs. Whereas this book fit the hardcore songs as well as the soft songs. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then, yeah. That makes sense. I so, like that. I really liked it. Um, yes. Okay. Moving on to... Next is my favorite. Lover. Um, so this album is all about being in love, finding the one, and equality. Okay, so for mine... <laughs> Allie jumps right in. Okay, so, uh... So, for mine, a very basic answer. I'm sure you probably know which one I put. Uh, The Summer I Turned Pretty. <laughs> Season, book one. <laughs> we'll go with The Summer I Turned Pretty, book one. I'm not gonna repeat the summary, because Carmen already said it. Um, Lots of songs go with this. So, I actually would put... Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, because I feel like Conrad's very much Heartbreak Prince. Great. Very Taylor Swift coded. I actually also put Afterglow. Meet me in the Afterglow. Lover would also work. Um, Cornelia Street would kind of work with the second book, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically for... Girl Summer, 100%. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, I almost wanted to put The Archer, maybe, for, like... Conrad, but I can see it. Anyways, for like the reason I put Afterglow is because of this. It's my favorite part of the song. Tell me that you're still mine. Tell, Tell me, me that we'll be just as fine. Even when I lose my mind, I need to say, Tell me that it's not my fault. Tell me that I'm all you want. Even when I break your heart. That section is Conrad. Hey! It's all me. Okay, anyways. Um, for Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, I'm, 
I put, it's you and me, that's my whole world. Because literally in the first book... She's a bad, bad girl. Okay. The the first... Conrad is Belly's whole world. She's so obsessed with him. Is in love with him. Same. (laughs) I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? (laughs) Anyways, I feel like lover would also work. I really want to put paper rings, because I just love paper rings. I like shiny things, but I marry you with paper rings. Um, and then I would also put, lover, can I go where you go? Can we always be this close? Forever and ever. <sighs> Help. <laughs> well. <laughs> the series be cray. Yeah. Lo- the Summer I Turned Pretty book. Just book one and season one is very lover coded. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I would say just very much finding that summer love, just very, just all about love. It's very much the first book. Um, what's yours? Mine is Lady Midnight by Cassandra Clare. I'll explain. I'm trying, I'm trying so... to see that. Um, it's been five years since the events of City of Heavenly Fire, which is the last book of the Mortal Instruments, um, that brought the Shadowhunters to the brink of oblivion. Emma Carstairs is no longer a child in mourning, but a young woman bent on discovering who killed her parents and avenging their losses. Together with her battle partner, Julian Blackthorn, <laughs> Emma must learn to trust her head and her heart as she investigates a demonic plot that stretches across across Los Angeles, from the Sunset Strip to the Enchanted Sea that pounds the beaches of Santa Monica. If only her heart didn't lead her in treacherous directions. Making things even more complicated. Hello. Making things even more complicated, Julian's brother, Mark, who has captured by the fairies five years ago, has been returned as a bargaining chip. The fairies are desperate to find out who is murdering their kind, and they need the Shadow Hunter's help to do it. But time works differently in Fairy, so Mark has barely aged and doesn't recognize his family. Can he ever truly return to them, or will the fairies really, really allow it? Da, da, da. So, okay, the reason I chose this for the Lover Era, so in this book, so in this series, in the more, like the Shadowhunter series, if you are a parabatai, you are sworn to each other. You're sworn to protect each other. It's basically like the definition of the ultimate best friend. Parabatai are forbidden to be together. Like, if you're in love with your parabatai, it's not great. It's not good. <laughs> um, I'd fail. <laughs> so, plot twist. In this book, Emma and Julian are parabatai. Emma's in love with Julian. Let me give you that information. Um, so, they've been best friends since they were kids. Her parents died when they were kids, and his parents also died when they were kids. So they've kind of, like... Bonded. They've been raising his siblings together, and they're one big family, basically. Um, yeah. Trauma bonding. Um, Trauma buddies! So this book gave me lover vibes because of Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, mm-hmm. but I kind of almost put it backwards... I would almost say he would be the Americana and she would be the Heartbreak Princess. Mr. Americana and the Heartbreak Princess. Um, and then uh, da, 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 Cornelia Street. <sighs> because she's very like, this is very like unreciprocated love 
in the fact that, like, if you were best friends, if this ruins our friendship, I can never go to the same places again. So, Cornelia Street. I never um, Cornelia Street again. Emma is the very definition of the bridge of Cruel Summer. <laughs> I'm drunk in the back of the car, and I cried like a baby coming home from the bar. I love her. Oh, said, I'm fine, but it wasn't true. I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you and I snuck in through the garden gate every night that summer just to seal my fate. Oh, and I scream for whatever it's worth. I love you, ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? He looks so pretty like a devil. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but literally, like, that bridge kind of gives me the vibes of, like, when she finally confesses her feelings to him. But she's also, she's the female version of Jace Wayland. She is my gosh. So, um, uh, lover, obviously. And then Archer, because I feel like she feels like she's undeserving of his love. Especially because, mm-hmm. like, she realizes, like, it would put them both in danger. So. Yeah. The Archer very much, so. I Death by a Thousand Cuts. Uh, um, it's nice to have a friend. <laughs> I feel like that one really makes me want to cry when I think about that song in, like, relation to that book. Because it's, you can almost, like, picture it being, like, Emma talking to herself, like, if you tell him that your true feelings and he doesn't reciprocate, like, this is going to ruin your friendship. And, like, it's nice to have a friend. You don't want to lose that friendship. It's nice to have a friend. Okay. All right. <laughs> Busting it out. Um, and then, last but not least, the man. Oh, I'm so Because she's the female version of Jace. Wouldn't if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. And the man is, like, the her actual theme song. It's her anthem. <laughs> our actual theme song. Okay. Um, okay, next is Folklore. One of my top three albums. Yes, I love this album. So, very folksy. This one, to me, feels like it. this album really focuses on mental health a lot, I think. Mental health. Um, um, telling a lot of stories. A and love triangle. Things that are damaged <laughs> being repaired. A love triangle in this album. <laughs> yes, things that are damaged being repaired. Alright, do you want to go first or me? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I actually almost put the Inheritance Games. I almost did too. Because of the last Great American Dynasty, but I actually switched it and went to The Raven Boys by Maggie Steve Otter. Because, I I don't know why, but folklore kind of gives me like Dark Academia vibes. And this book kind of gives me Dark Academia vibes. So anyways, I didn't read the rest of the book, but anyways. (laughs) Um... Every year, Blue Sergeant stands next to her clairvoyant mother as the soon-to-be-dead walk past. Blue never sees them until this year, when a boy emerges from the dark and speaks to her. His name is Gansey, a rich student at Aglion B, a, the local private school. Blue has a policy of staying away from the Aglion B boys. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Known as Raven Boys, they can only mean trouble. But Blue is drawn to Gansey in a way she can't entirely explain. He is on a quest that has encompassed three other Raven Boys. Adam, the scholarship student who resents the privilege around him. Ronan, the fierce soul whose emotions range from anger to despair. And Noah, the taciturn watcher who notices many things but says very little. For as long as she can remember, Blue has been warned that she will cause her true love to die. She doesn't believe in true love and never thought this would be a problem. 
but as her life becomes caught up in the strange and sinister world of the Raven Boys, she's not so sure anymore. There's a song called Ronin on the Evermore album. No, it's not. It's on Red. <laughs> I'm sorry, I meant Red. <laughs> Close. <laughs> um, and for this, I actually put Invisible String because of all along there was some invisible string tying you to me and obviously she sees Kanzi by through some weird connection um there was another song that I thought of I feel like would go with it but it may not who knows um I really want to put exile because I think I've seen this film before and I didn't, and I like, didn't like the ending. Yeah, I know. She's your true love. Don't like that ending because she'll kill him. Um. Yeah, I just I feel like folklore goes. I feel like I, I could imagine Feyre singing that song post breakup with Tamlin. <laughs> Trauma. Uh. Yeah, I just feel like folklore is just. I feel like I could read. I could read that book while listening to the like the long pond studio sessions of that. It could work. That whole album is just very much Raven Raven Boys coded. I don't know. I need to re I need to give that book I need to give that series a second chance because the it was really good. It just I don't know. I guess I hit a reading slump. Anyways. Um, what's yours? So my book recommendation based on the folklore era is very folklore coded. You could not find a more perfect book because this literally matches every single song. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor <gasps> Jenkins Reid. Yes! Daisy is a girl coming of age in L.A. in the late 60s, sneaking into clubs on the Sunset Strip, sleeping with rock stars, and dreaming of singing at the Whiskey A Go-Go. The sex and drugs are thrilling, but it's the rock and roll she loves most. By the time she's 20, her voice is getting noticed, and she has the kind of heedless beauty that makes people do crazy things. Also, getting noticed is The Six, a band led by the brooding Billy Dunn. On the eve of their first tour, his girlfriend Camilla finds out she's pregnant, and with the pressure of impending fatherhood and fame, Billy goes a little wild on the road. Daisy and Billy cross paths when a producer realizes that the key to supercharged success is to put the two together. What happens next will become the stuff of legend. da 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 dun I never quite know how to end these summaries. We'll become the stuff of legend. <laughs> um, so, for Daisy Jones and the Six, if you don't know, this book, like, if you're a fan of Fleetwood Mac, it's basically that. Um, so, to me, this book, obviously, Invisible String between Billy and Daisy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is me trying. Oh, uh, yeah. With Daisy and Billy, like, both of them could be singing that song. The last great American dynasty just felt very Daisy. Mm-hmm. Very Daisy. Um, illicit affairs. Don't call me kid. Don't call me baby. Look at this idiotic fool that you made me. Yeah, that's very Daisy Jones and Six. Um, Cardigan. That is my favorite song. Um, August. Woo! August slipped away like a bottle of wine. You would never mind. Um, Mirrorball. 100%. That is Daisy to the core, Mirrorball is. I'm a Mirrorball. Bad Woman is also Daisy to the core. Bad Woman. What is she? And my favorite folklore song, My My Tears Tears Ricochet. ricochet. (laughs) 
I love and this I can go song. anywhere I want, anywhere I want, just not home. You can name for my heart, go for blood, but you would still miss me in your bones. And I still talk to you when I'm screaming at the sky. And I can't sleep at night, you hear my snoring lullabies. I love that song so much. I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. Literally. Me. Now the battleships will sink beneath the waves. Okay. You. Okay. (laughs) Enough. Anyways, that was very much all folklore. Daisy Jones and the Six. So, next. Evermore. So, this is more stories. This is, I feel like this is a flip. Normally it's about broken hearts, but this is about breaking hearts to me. Champagne. Um, memories problems. and acceptance. Okay. I feel like it's accepting like go, your flaws. I want to go first. Okay, I have two, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the first one is very much evermore because of a certain song. Verity by Colleen Hoover. Very no much. Body, no crime. Yep. For those who don't know, Nobody No Crime is my ultimate favorite song, and I am so ticked that she sang it <sighs> and brought Haim out on stage. <laughs> Anyways, so. He did it. <laughs> he did it. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Lowen Ashley is a struggling writer on the brink of financial ruin when she accepts the job offer of a lifetime. Jeremy Crawford, husband of best-selling author Verity Crawford, has hired Lowen to complete the remaining books in a successful series his injured wife is unable to finish. Lowen arrives at the Crawford home, ready to sort through years of Verity's notes and outlines, hoping to find enough material to get her started. What Lowen doesn't expect to uncover in the chaotic office is an unfinished autobiography Verity never intended for anyone to read. Page after page of bone-chilling admissions, including Verity's recollection of what really happened the day her daughter died. Lowen decides to keep the manuscript hidden from Jeremy, knowing its contents would devastate the already grieving father. But as Lowen's feelings for Jeremy begin to intensify, she recognizes all the ways she could benefit if he were to read his wife's words. After all, no matter how devoted Jeremy is to his injured wife, a truth this horrifying is would make though? it impossible for him to continue to love her. Is he, though? Yeah. I'll get to that in a second. Since, uh, when? Um, <laughs> this is very much nobody, no crime. Cody, if off. you've read the book, you will understand why. <laughs> did So... But yeah, stay tuned for our July wrap-up, because I will... <laughs> that, mm, I read this for July, and... I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. No, nobody, no crime, but I ain't letting up until the day... I dies. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, this book blew my mind. It's very much, 
Evermore because it's very creepy. Evermore is kind of creepy in some aspects of it. It's eerie. Willow is very... very, I like listening to it in the fall. Yeah, very much like fall, winter, sort of. But yeah, Verity is very much like Evermore coded. You could also say... What other one could we say? (laughs) There's probably more. Um, I would definitely say No Body, No Crime. I have two books. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about songs. I'm talking about songs. Um, you could do you could do champagne problems. LOL. <laughs> um, tolerate it. But you tolerate it. Closure. <laughs> I don't need your. Hmm. Jeremy certainly found some closure. <laughs> Bruh. In a way you wouldn't expect. Uh, maybe right where you left me? You left me. You left me now. You left me now. You left me now, Joyce, but to stay forever. Anyways. Um, yeah, basically nobody, no crime is very summed up in a song. <laughs> Alright, go with yours. I have two. Um, the first one is The Hunger Games by Susan Collins. Like, come on. Um, In the ruins of a place once known as North America lies the nation of Panem, a shining capital surrounded by 12 outlying districts. Long ago, the districts waged war on the capital and were defeated. As part of the surrender terms, each district agreed to send one boy and one girl to appear at an annual televised event called The Hunger Games, a fight to death on live TV. 16-year-old Katniss Everdeen, who lives alone with her mother and younger sister, regards it as a death sentence when she is forced to represent her district in the games. The terrain rules the terrain rules and level of audience participation may change one thing may change but one thing is constant. Kill or be killed. So, for me, the nobody no crime, obviously. Um champagne problems. <laughs> LOL, poor Pita. Um, Marjorie, because of later events that happened in the series. <laughs> but also Rue. Um, I had Evermore, because, again, Katniss and Pita. Long story short. It was a bad time. Amen. Um, and Happiness. I like that. What's your, I'm really curious to know what your own. Yeah, the word that I think about at Hunger Games is very much, like, evermore. I was trying to find the lyric. Hold on. Um, happiness because of the lyric. There will be happiness after you, but there was happiness because of you. And that just, past the blood and bruise, past the curses and cries, beyond the terror and the nightfall, haunted by the look in my eyes. Literally PTSD from the games. Okay. Um, the next one is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia <gasps> Owens. Oh, yeah. So, for this book. For years, rumors of the Marsh Girl have haunted Barkley Cove, a quiet town on North, on the North Carolina coast. So, in late 1969, when handsome Chase Andrews is found dead, the locals immediately suspect Kaya Clark, the so-called Marsh Girl. But Kaya is not what they say. Sensitive and intelligent, she has survived for years alone in the marsh that she calls home. 
finding friends in the gulls and lessons in the sand. Then the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved. When two young men from town become intrigued by her wild beauty, Kaya opens herself to a new life. Until the unthinkable happens. So for this song, obviously nobody, no crime. Yes. <laughs> um, tolerate it yeah. because of Chase. Champagne problems because of the other boy. I can't think of his name. Wyatt, maybe? I don't remember. Can't think of his name. Um, Marjorie because of her mother. Willow because her. Um, long story short, mm-hmm. again. And Cowboy Like Me. <gasps> yeah. So Cowboy Like Me felt like her and Chase. Uh, da, 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 da. You know, I kind of wish this song was on Evermore because it's it's based off of Where to Cry Sing. Carolina. Yeah. Well, she sang it. Yeah. She was on the album. But, um... Now I'm waiting by the phone like I'm sitting in an airport bar. You had some tricks up your sleeve. Takes one to know one. You're a cowboy like me. Perched in the dark, telling all the rich folks anything they want to hear. Like it could be love. I could be the way forward. Only if they pay for it. You're abandoned like me. Like, that was very much her own choice. That is very much, yeah. I like that. Okay. Last but not least is Midnight. So this one's memories, letters to your your former self, um, being in love, self-awareness, and looking back on the past. I'm going to go first. Yes. Okay. So, this one I have Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss. Ooh, interesting. In a land without magic, an assassin is summoned to the castle. She has no love for the vicious king who rules from his throne of glass, but she has not come to kill him. She has come to win her freedom. If... If she defeats 23 murderers, thieves, and warriors in a competition, she will be released from prison to serve as the king's champion. Her name is Selena Sardothian. The crown prince will provoke her. The captain of the guard will protect her. And a princess from a faraway country will befriend her. But something rotten dwells in the castle, and it's there to kill. When her competitors start dying mysteriously one by one, Selena's fight for freedom becomes a fight for survival and a desperate quest to root out the evil before it destroys her world. Mm-hmm. So for this one, pretty much any song, Lavender Haze. Mm-hmm. Rowan. Um, <laughs> Baroon, because of douchebag from... Kale No, Arabin. Oh, crap, yeah. The one being splashed and her being embarrassed. Anti-hero, because I feel it's like me. she kind of like... She's very it's much... Me. It's Hi, I'm, I'm the problem, problem, it's me. Um, You're on your own, kid. Tear goes down my face. Um, Vigilante shit. Um, Karma? Karma is my boyfriend. <laughs> Literally. Um, mastermind, because she is a mastermind. Think about all that stuff she set up with, like, Empire of Storms. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. The Great War. Her and Rowan. Uh, Would've, could've, should've. Arabin, and also Sam. Arabin's John Mayer. Um, bigger than the whole sky for Sam. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Stop it! You were bigger than the whole sky. R.I.P. And Labyrinth. 
uh oh, I'm falling <laughs> in love again. <laughs> so yes, we so are the, on the same way. Basically, for when I say Throne of Glass, I kind of like all the books. Like at some point, yeah. represent something from Midnight's. Okay. So for mine, I have Stalking Jack the Ripper by Carrie Maniscalco. Um, 17-year-old Audrey Rose Wadsworth was born a lord's daughter with a life of wealth and privilege stretched out before her. But between the social teas and silk dress fittings, she leads a forbidden secret life. Against her stern father's wishes and society's expectations, Audrey often slips away to her uncle's laboratory to study the gruesome practice of forensic medicine. When her work on a string of savagely killed corpses drags Audrey into the investigation of a serial murderer, her search for answers brings her back to her own sheltered world. Dun, 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 dun. I love this book series. I'm not usually a mystery person, but I love it. It's very, she's very much like vigilante shit. <laughs> Um, very much because of this, it's the I feel bridge. like if you're vigilante, you're automatically karma too. Because, because of this certain oh. set of Continue. things. Um, ladies always rise above. Ladies know what people want. Someone sweet and kind and fun. The lady simply had enough. While he was doing lines and crossing all of mine, someone told his white-collar crimes to the FBI. And I don't dress for villains or for innocents. I'm on my vigilante shh again. Emily in that video. Shit. Oh, I'm sorry, Emily, if you're listening. Um, yeah, like... It kind of goes with ladies always rise above, ladies know what people want, because in this society, it takes place in the Victorian era, so there's expectations for ladies to be prim, proper, polite, to kind of just sit to the side and let the men do their thing. Nothing's really changed. (laughs) Anyways, and basically, she doesn't want to abide by those expectations, but she's had enough. And she wants to dive deep into forensic medicine, which honestly, you go, girl. Do your thing. I just, I love it. Also, this is kind of a manga thing. This is kind of a manga tangent. Moriarty the Patriot also files under this, even though the main characters are men. (laughs) Yeah, well. They kind of, they're vigilantes. They, they, they try to take down the aristocrat society, which honestly, go get them, boys. (laughs) It kind of fits. Just scratch scratch that out. Anyways. So. My favorite. We are playing a game. My favorite game ever. Um, so we've played this once before. We figured we'd bring it back since we're doing a Taylor Swift themed episode. Um, so we've played this before. We call it Lyrical Fiction. Um, and basically we're going to be guessing, um, we each have picked out three quotes and we're going to read them off to each other and the other person has to guess whether it's a Taylor Swift quote or whether it's a book quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we've each picked out three lyrics slash quotes. Um, Hallie, would you like to read yours first? Or me? I'll go first. Okay. So, the first one is... I wish you would see yourself the way I see you. Taylor Swift. No. Oh, I feel like that's a lyric. It's a quote from the Love Hypothesis. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounded like a lyric. It does. That's why I picked it. <laughs> Hot dog. Okay. okay. Dang, I'm over. Over there. Um. You can plan on a change in the weather and time, but I never planned on you changing your mind. <laughs> um. Read it again. You can plan on a change in the weather and time, but I never planned on you changing your mind. Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's last like it rhymes. So last kiss. Okay, cool. Next. Um I have like fifteen different ones. That's an exaggerated number. Um Okay. Now he'll be her shelter when it rains. Little does he know his whole world's about to change. Taylor Swift. Yes. It rhymes. When Emma falls in love. Yes. <laughs> I knew that okay. one. All right. So. Um, we accept the love we think we deserve. Quote. Okay. Which one is it? The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Okay, cool! I love him. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, my last one is, all that I know is I don't know how to be something you miss. Oh, no. Book. Nope! Ah! It's Taylor Swift. It's Last Kiss. Okay. It sounded like Taylor Swift. But I was like, I got burned on that once already. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I didn't get a single one right. Well, did I get the last? I got you one got, right. You got when Emma falls on I got one. one. Okay. Um, if your love were a grain of sand, mine would be a universe of beaches. Oh, no. <laughs> um, read it again. If your love were a grain of sand, mine would be a universe of beaches. I'm going to say quote. The Princess Bride. Uh, I love that movie. Inconceivable. Dang. Hallie won that one. (laughs) Give me one more. I don't have any more, but give me one more. I'm I'm trying to redeem myself. Okay. I want at least one other correct answer. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you an easy one. You've bewitched me, body and soul. Uh, book. <laughs> Hello. Do you want another one? That was the easiest thing I've ever answered in my entire life. I wanna... freaking love Pride and Prejudice. Do you want another one? Sure, let's even it up. Okay. She'd better hold him tight, give him all her love. Look in those Taylor beautiful Swift. eyes and know she's lucky. <laughs> Taylor Swift. And know she's lucky, girl. I take it you know which song that's from. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) You're good. All right. Yay. Okay. So, um, that's all we have for today. But be sure to leave your comments and questions down below. Let us know if you have other book recommendations based off these eras. Or if you would like to see a part two. Maybe we can come up with some more options. Um, 
But yeah, next week we're going to be doing our July wrap-up, so stay tuned for that. Um, and other than that, you know, be sure to rate and follow and follow us on our socials, which will be linked below. And we will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.